0: So listeners, I just want to key you up before I say hello to my partner here. He's promised that he's going to pretend to laugh. And I think this one could actually make him at least chuckle. If nothing else, he is oh, laughing now forever. Authentic laugh.
1: I'm laughing about the fact that I'm supposed <laughs> to laugh.
0: Uh, welcome to another Tradies and Business episode. I have a great joke today. It's a bit summery because I'm not quite sure when this is going live, but I guarantee it's going to be warm somewhere in Australia. Warwick, why couldn't the lifeguard rescue the drowning hippie?
1: No, Nicole, why couldn't the lifeguard rescue the drowning hippie? Because he was just too far out, man. Ugh.
2: Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts Warwick Didwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Was and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business.
1: All right, listeners, welcome back. I've just been far out myself and decided to come back to the microphone. For those of you watching the YouTube version of this, you noticed that I just sat here And, uh, didn't go anywhere.
0: (laughs) Groaned internally. Nicole, yet again.
1: That wasn't terrible, Nicole. It's not one of your worst. I think we're going to rate your jokes backwards. Instead of, (laughs) instead of going, oh, that's, that's a good one. That's one of the best. We'll go, no, no, that's one of the worst. We'll start at the bottom and work our way up because then we can just only get better.
0: Can only go up from there. I'm sure.
1: Now I would, I love a good cheesy slap you in the face segue. I would say the same about many people's leadership skills <laughs> can only get better. <laughs> that is a real
0: slap in the face, that one.
1: So Amanda Rosata, um, welcome to the Trades and Business podcast. Oh,
2: thanks for having me, team, And A plus on the segue there. That was just
1: almost as bad as coxie's joke i think <laughs> or maybe worse um now amanda you are one of a long line of fabulous people who have spoken at our tradepreneur conference uh, at the back end of 2022 and so it's always great to get um some of our speakers back And Mm -hmm. to come and talk on the podcast so that our non-tradiepreneurs, I mean, why would you not want to be a tradiepreneur? Mm It's true. So that our podcast listeners get a bit of an insight into some of the cool people that we get to come and share their knowledge and their wisdom with our clients. Um, So awesome to have you on the podcast today talking about, well, I think leadership won't be the only thing based on uh, what we heard from you at conference. I'm sure you'll cover (laughs) some ground, but um, tell our listeners a bit about yourself, Amanda.
2: Sure. So uh, my thing is culture, really passionate about helping organizations to improve their culture. So, and and not just about improving it, it's about building a high performance culture. Mm -hmm. So, and for me, I look at it through three lenses or we look at it in three different ways. So leadership experience, Mm -hmm. customer experience or client experience, and also employee experience. So the experience that our team's having. And once we have all of those three in alignment, challenging can be done then we're setting ourselves up to win that that's my jam nice.
0: how did you come to be doing this Amanda this is a uh, as we spoke about off air can be a challenging area to work in now how have you fallen into this that's a long story Nick. <laughs>
2: how long do you have hours uh, I mean, hours hours <laughs> the short version was I was always passionate about helping people mm. And I did I did go out on my own as a life coach. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of started to shift more into the corporate space, so corporate training and facilitation. Mm-hmm. And then one day I, I was at Disneyland, of all places, mm-hmm. and just experiencing what the guests were experiencing and seeing how much the cast members enjoyed their job. The cast members are the employees for those mm-hmm. playing at home. Surely, surely, as humans, we can create this in our own businesses. Surely there's ways to do this. So that sent me on a bit of a, a deep dive into how does how did Disney do it? How did Virgin do it? How do the these major players that have a reputation for having amazing cultures do it? And then I started to move more in that direction. So it all kind of started with a trip to
0: disneyland i
3: guess
0: yeah, great literally. place to do something <laughs> different. i love it i think um it surprises me how often a, a common theme or a common denominator comes out with our guests and we've been talking quite a bit of late about um i think the customer-based experience and how that can can completely transform what a company can look like and and the outcome for the business owner in a company. So it's interesting that you've risen that today. I want to ask a really blunt question about leadership because we love those. have lots of people reach out to us all the time and saying generally it's the wife. If I call it like it is quite often the tradie wife and they're reaching out and saying um, my husband really sucks at leadership and we need some help in that area. And I want to know well what actually is leadership from your point of view, Amanda?
2: Right. So there's a couple of ways we can look at it. I always like to, first thing I like to say is, okay, so we've got managers and leaders. And the easiest way to set that up, so we're not going through lists and lists of things, if we think about those with a fixed mindset versus those with a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you you both talk about this, right? Mm -hmm. So having that growth mindset, so a leader is a visionary. They're open to different ways of doing things, they're open to looking at, okay, is this working, is it not? Not just staying in this narrow band of how we've always done things and these are the rules and these are the regulations and this is is what we do, being able to step outside that, Mm -hmm. seeing the grey, not just the black and white, Mm -hmm. and really being able to show up in, you know, we talk about servant leadership, Mm -hmm. So I, I'm here for my team and I'm here to make sure that I'm getting the best out of my team, not just to follow systems, processes, and rules.
0: Mm. Is that helpful? Mm, Yeah, I think so. I think that um, it's really interesting, the, the complex range of answers we get when we ask that question back to the person who's saying, oh, this person sucks at leadership, because we all have a really different understanding of what leadership could look like. Yeah. And I agree, it's having often the ability to inspire others. um, Absolutely. Which is very much what you've just said in a nutshell. Um, But that means that you're nimble. It it means that you're not fixed like you're saying. And so have the opportunity then to... Um, I guess, play above the line, which is a concept that Warwick and I talk about a lot. And that is being open to all of the possibilities on the table, taking ownership for your position in everything. And um, I guess showing by example, leading by example is so often the key. And that's where I think many are unsure how to do that. We're not taught how to be leaders. I think some people are very naturally leaders and others aren't. So I guess- my next question would be, is it a skill that we can learn?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And this, when I do leadership development programs, that's the first thing I do. I split the room, born or made leaders born or made, and it is possible. So you can be born with traits that lend themselves to leadership. Also, everyone can develop leadership skills and traits as well. So the biggest thing, the other thing I want to add to that is uh, leaders are not do as I say. they're very much come with me. Mm. So it's it's a completely different vibe. So and being able to teach people how to, like you say, influence and uh, you know get people to follow them essentially is essentially what we're doing is about teaching them to create that uh, essence or that persona that encourages people to come with them.
1: Yeah, Amanda, is there a place for both leaders and managers within organisations?
2: Oh, I love this question. I love this question. So I don't think I have a firm answer for that yet. I'm still grappling with it, just being brutally honest. Mm. So there's this argument that you can't have too many cooks because you'll spoil the broth, right? Also, I feel that everyone can display leadership qualities within moments, within a context, as long as there's a hierarchy of that leadership. Mm. So I'm st- honestly still grappling with that one. I- I'm leaning towards everyone can be a leader in their own right. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a gun to my head, was <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, have done a lot of work in this area personally in my own businesses. Mm-hmm. Um and also obviously as a coach and mentor. Yes. And I think there's been a bit of a view probably with business coaches and life coaches and leadership trainers and all that sort of stuff that one's better than the other. And I, and I think that's yeah, a bit okay. of a human trait where, you know, well, this is good, this is bad. Mm-hmm. And we have to make everything good or bad. And mm-hmm. so I see a lot of people almost um, downplay management as inferior or undesirable and, um, and I, my personal opinion on this is probably like what you've said, Amanda, just, you know, trying to agree with you so you don't hate on me or anything, uh, Never. <laughs> is I think aspects of management are really important for running a business.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, and if you're dealing with people, then you need leadership qualities within that role. Yeah. If, you're just, if you're just running a machine that doesn't have anything to do with people, then you can do that as an absolute out-and-out out manager 100%,
2: uh,
3: yeah. but we're
1: all dealing with people so we all That's need it. to learn how the to humans. get the most out of those around us yeah <laughs> those, those damn humans
0: Ugh, they just keep coming back <laughs> <laughs> amanda how do you motivate people to change oh
2: excellent question
0: so we can influence
2: we can't motivate sit with that for a second mm-hmm. so motivation is very much an internal thing I can absolutely influence you. I can show you mm. the benefits of us going in this direction. I can even show you what the potential pitfalls are. Mm. I can get you pumped up. I can get you excited. Ultimately, though, the motivation is internal in that mm. human. Mm. So influencing people is about understanding what's important to them and speaking to that mm. and also Understanding what's important to the organisation as a whole, and being able to ta- tailor that message to each individual human. Mm.
0: I think it's gives uh, a great insight to something we bang on at our tradie printers about, and that's involving your team and understanding what yes. your company goals are, and then mm. how they can directly rate back, or relate back to the team because we're all. Uh, whether we're in business because we want to create a lifestyle or or whatever that looks like. It involves money at the end of the day. And our team are there because they need to earn money to pay their way in life. So there's already a connection that we don't often acknowledge and there's a way to really further connect that so that we understand that one leads to the other and together we do it. Uh, So it's a great chance to um, have your team buy into that, but it's really important that it's a two-way street Absolutely. Uh, I think we're long past now. Or well, maybe not as long past as I'd like it to be, but mm. we are we are still moving through those times of where it was you do what I say and you do it now to more of a collaborative approach when it comes to yes. our teams and um, leading them through what needs to be done. There's a body of work that needs to be done, needs to be done in a certain time frame, et cetera. There's a way to help them get there um, so that they feel that they want to be part of that and there's a way to totally demotivate them and make them not want to do anything.
2: That's it. And just to add on to that, one of the biggest issues I see out in the wild is we don't tell our people why we're doing something. Mm. And they feel like they've been given this task, and it's just busy work. Mm. If people understand the why, and we say, "Hey, we need to get this done by five p.m. This client's got, uh, you know, uh, a showing coming up." next weekend we need to have it ready so that they've got the shots ready for their marketing it only takes you an extra 15 seconds to explain why mm. we're doing what we're doing and they're like oh okay oh my goodness i totally get it let's get in and get it done it's when we're just giving them busy work and they think that you you're just dictating your personal agenda to them that it becomes problematic mm. and the the second piece of that is when we've delivered on time and we've done an amazing job show them what the results of that were. So being able to say, hey, these are those marketing shots that they were able to get because you guys showed up and got it done for them. And Mm -hmm. hey, they were able to sell this property or whatever the outcome might be. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just those two pieces, the why and then the outcomes, just so important. And it just gets neglected so often.
1: Hey, Tradies in Business was here Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure. I'm joined by Coxie, of course. (laughs) Hello. You may not know this, Tradie, or Tradie Wife, or whoever you are listening to this program, but we're business coaches. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that feels weird to say. (laughs) (laughs) But we do actually work with people just like you to solve a bunch of problems. And we have this fantastic program called the Tradiepreneur Program, And that's how we do it. And we do it with a wonderful community of trade business owners who are all trying to fix or improve or change things to progress. Things like getting behind on quoting, Coxie.
0: Feeling overwhelmed, behind on your invoicing, feeling really stressed or frustrated about the money stuff. Sometimes you can pay the bills. Sometimes you can't. What about staff? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, staff. Trying to get them to do what you want them to do. If you can even find them in the first place. Uh, there's so many struggles
1: and we've seen clients tackle these things in their trade businesses in a, quite a short space of time, to be honest, Mm -hmm. during the program and recruit staff at a time where everybody was saying you can't get good staff, Mm -hmm. improve their quality from their team, collect their debts much more quickly. We have actually tips. Yes.
2: We are not worried about money. We've got enough money in the bank to pay everybody's leave. There's work booked in for the new year. And for the first time in a long time, we'll be having three weeks off and not worrying about the business that's probably the biggest win of all
1: using the cash flow forecast i've been able to look into the future and see where i'm going to be situated financially and it's actually started to have a huge bearing on whether or not i make purchases
2: by far one of the best things about working with nick and was are the other businesses that are working alongside them it is amazing how empowering it is to be working alongside like-minded people who have similar goals similar troubles we can all relate to each other and everybody helps everybody out by figuring out problems with you that they may have faced previously. Everybody has solutions and constructive feedback and it's an incredibly friendly, warm, welcoming environment, not threatening at all.
0: From every job,
2: I know that I will get a sustainable wage that's industry leading. I can have at least 10 to 20% profit and I can pay taxes super all of that, and I do not have to question whether or not I can because of the way that it's been built, and that is thanks to traders in business and what they've taught me and what I've
1: learned. So there you go. There's some real people. We did not pay them to say those things. <laughs> and I think that sounds a lot better than Coxie and I reading them out we really would love for you to check out more about how you could take your trade business to where you would like it to be. Surely you have a vision of what things could be like or what you wish they were like on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Um, whether that is reducing stress or actually making more money, maybe it's spending more time with the family, taking more holidays, having the choice Mm. that you really wanted when you started your business, instead of this beast, that seems to be there for many of you listening to this program. So if you want to find out more about how we do this through the Tradepreneur program, Coxie's going to tell you all about it. (laughs) free. That's how abundant we are. So head over to the website, uh, check it out, book a chat with us, and we'd love to find out if you'd be a great fit for the Tradiepreneur community and start hanging out with some of those people that you just heard from.
0: (laughs) I think one of the best lessons I ever learned was a hard one, and it was um, in an exit interview of a team member that had been working quite closely with myself and my husband and the business we were in. And one of her, she had two real sticking points, both of which are very valid. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of those sticking points were it was a building company and she never got to go out on site and see the finished product. Mm -hmm. Never even thought about it. Showed her photos um, she was privy to all of the client communications so received all of the accolades, et cetera. She had very close relationships with them, but not actually getting on site to see what the outcome was, was, a real, was enough for her to consider leaving. So yeah, wow. um, it was a great opportunity for... Learning myself. Um, it's not something I'd considered because I had a different lens and it was that's it, a different outcome for me than what she was looking to achieve. Um, and we don't tend to think about that as business owners. We're so busy, stuck in our own lens, trying to move forward. We're not thinking about the the other lenses. So what you're talking about here, the leadership experience is mine the employee experiences, my team, and then the client experience the other day. I'm sure my clients would have loved to have met her in the flesh and had the yes. opportunity to brag and show off their new home that she'd been a very big part of as well.
2: Absolutely. And that's how we create those emotional connections. So then she's got an emotional connection to that project mm. and to the client and, and vice versa. And then she can take that into the next project.
1: Mm. It's
2: gold. It's
1: gold. Absolutely. So Amanda, um, I hear lots of people talk about team culture mm-hmm. um, and they talk about it in very reverent terms um, because it seems very smoky and hard yeah. to pin yes. down and mystical and nobody really seems to know – well, when I say nobody, most business owners really struggle with this. They, mm-hmm. they're yeah. like, they hear all this stuff that's like we need a solid culture and team culture drives this and you know as a leader we should be fostering great culture – and they're like, so how do I do that? Do I you know, have bowling nights or beers on on a Friday? Like what's, what's team culture and how do I do this thing? Is there <laughs> – have you got a simple way? I mean I know I'm asking a huge question here but is there some, some ways for people to get a better understanding about how they can influence that to use that, that concept that you were talking about before of influencing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's exactly what you say. It's an intangible. It it is literally like trying to grab onto smoke culture. So if we sort of zoom right out, it's so our culture is the way we do things around here. Mm
3: -hmm. So that,
2: that is such, and that's such a sweeping statement, right? Mm -hmm. That's the way we do things. So it's our vision. It's our mission. It's our core values. As long as we're living by them. So if they're written on the wall or they're written on our desktop wallpaper or, you know, we've got a card in our wallet, that's nice. Are we living by them? Are they part of our common language? So the easiest way to answer that, it's like anything that you do. If you're going to be a healthy human being, so body, mind, soul, it's every little decision that you make on a daily basis that decides what you look like, you know, between 20 and 50, right? Or 50 and 100. So that's exactly with your culture, exactly the same, the same thing. So it's all of these little decisions we're making as, as leaders within the organization, how we're communicating, how we're giving feedback, uh, you know, having team nights, uh, all of those little decisions that we're making, they all add up to create our culture. Mm. I realize that's a very like zoomed out way of looking at it. It's little one percenters we're looking yeah. for little things we can do on a daily basis you can of course you uh what's the word ramp things up have team synergy days you can uh do culture surveys and and take actions very deliberate actions on them you can do personality profiling on your humans and take deliberate action deliberate actions on that mm. so there are ways that you can zoom a bit forward also it's it's the little
1: decisions we're making on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So if a a business owner is listening to this and they realize, as many of of the trade business owners we speak with do, that "Mm, I think I've got a culture problem. You know, there's there's a bit of blaming going on. There's people shirking responsibility a bit. Maybe some people taking the mick. Yeah. And, and the business owner often will say, I know I've got to do something about the culture in my team, mm-hmm. but they don't know where to start. Is, is there somewhere they should, you know, take the first actions?
2: Somewhere. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah, just that's start. it. Yeah, yeah it, it is one of those things. It's just we've got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So whether that is some getting someone in like myself or yourselves in to, to take a look at it and go, okay, so what is actually going on? and let's just des- decide to start here. Mm-hmm. It's literally just making that decision, okay, I I'm accountable for the culture in this organization as a leader. It is something I'm going to deliberately take steps towards changing, and here's where I'm going to start. So it could be, the logical one for me, there's always going to be a challenging human in your team. Mm-hmm. There'll be someone, and that that's a great place to start. Mm. So, and and I was talking to someone earlier today about they they had a problem. Uh, so, say sales team member who had it's the he was the guy that had been there the longest. And had just, you know, they'd gone through a lot of change management over the past three years, big changes within the way the systems and the processes and the way they get things done. And he just was not on board. Mm -hmm. So it's about having that conversation and and saying, okay, I'm I'm curious what's happening with you. You were here. And, you know, when you're having these difficult conversations, as I'm sure you always share, we got to stick to the facts, right? So Mm -hmm. here's our data that says you were here and now you're here. What's going on? just and coming from that place of curiosity we're not here to confront anyone or make them feel bad it's just i'm purely curious as to what's going on is there something going on in their life is mm-hmm. are they not passionate about it anymore and discovering what that is mm-hmm. and working out what the way forward is performance management plan or maybe it's just time for them to go mm-hmm.
0: Mm. probably my next question is about teams i've had a few rotten eggs um i had a whole team full of rotten eggs at one point brutal brutal it was brutal it was hard to pull it back and some had to go and some were able to stay and my experience isn't the rule i'm interested to know is it possible that there are just sometimes bad eggs that don't fit into the culture of your company
2: yes yes so there are and and this is when i'm working with clients sometimes sometimes they can be molded and they can be uh they've just lost their way yep. they just become complacent so complacency is one of the biggest things that we see also there are people that are there to clock in clock out and you're getting the bare minimum from me and that's just how I show up as a human mm-hmm. and if that works that's okay mm-hmm. if it doesn't work and it's affecting the people around them that's when it does become a problem yeah. then we need to look at you know maybe they're doing their job to a standard that yeah. that is potentially acceptable also they're not living by our core values mm. so that's that's sort of when we need to look at it through a different lens but absolutely they're just not the right person for the organization
0: no i yeah. i knew it to be true but needed to lead you into the same answer just to validate me today amanda you. oh
2: anytime anytime <laughs>
0: It's um people are complex, and yeah. I I feel like that's probably the number one frustration for any trade business owner that we speak to. But in actual fact, any business owner that we speak to, right from yeah. um, people that are running organisations with hundreds of staff to the guy in a van that just has one subcontractor or one labourer yeah. or or one apprentice that he works with, um that's another it. area that we find there's a lot of frustration at the moment is in what everyone deems to be the next generation. I think it's a common frustration. I I really want to bust the myth. I don't think it's just millennials or I don't think it's the next generation. It's every generation and there's a disparity between how I communicate and how they communicate. That's it. Yeah. I'd love to hear your experience on that, Amanda, and what you see and I guess how we can start to change the way we think as business owners about the next generation.
2: Yeah, look, it's easy to to point the finger and say, "Oh, they've just had everything handed to them, or they've got a silver spoon in their mouth, or whatever," you know, whatever the the general rhetoric or dialogue is around the new generation, they they need solid leadership. And I I'm, I'll always come back to that. We I've seen in in you know different companies, different businesses, it's often the person that's been there the longest that is the biggest problem. So it's not a generational issue. It can be like not too completely discount it Mm -hmm. it's not what they think it is so like you're saying nick they don't know how to communicate Mm -hmm. they because there's just a difference in how they've been raised what the world looks like so you know i didn't have a mobile phone until i was you know 16 or 17 yeah whereas you know eight-year-olds have them now and younger so it's it's just different it's just different So, and we need to be aware of that and make room for that and be curious about it. And instead of just being like, oh, you know, just, just millennials or they're just whatever this new generation coming through instead, let's ask, okay, how can we work better together? Mm. How do I get the best out of this person? What do I need to do differently? How do I show up for them? So they show up for me.
1: Mm. I feel like that's such a, and it it speaks to a question that I want to ask you Mm. is what I hear when people are saying, oh, young people or men or women or accountants mm. or whatever Bless.
2: people who've yes. worked for
1: big companies or people who've worked for themselves, like you know, I can't work with them. It's such a it's such a victimhood state and totally. it's so blamey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, how often is the culture problem the leader themselves or the or the business owner themselves?
2: Very often.
1: Other than always.
2: <laughs> uh, look, I didn't want to poke the always stick. Also, <laughs> most of the time they're a, at least a bigger contributor than they believe they are.
1: Mm, mm. I think that's a great yeah. point. Mm. Yeah.
2: And Delicate. that's why. Yeah. yeah right. Yep. And, and it's easy from... I guess a position of power for one of better phrasing to think that everyone else is the problem. Mm. It's like, well, actually we're going to start with you. How are you having the difficult conversations? How are you attempting to get the best out of this person? That's an absolute nightmare to deal with. Yeah. So are you asking the right questions? Mm. Have you actually asked them what's going on in their world? No. Okay. Well, that's a problem. You know, mm. that, that that's type right. of stuff. Yeah, for
0: that's sure. Right. No. Spot on boss. For every client listening, this is why we talk about weekly one-on-ones. 100%. End of lecture. 100%. <laughs> Full
2: stop. Yes. Yeah, and, no, free, you know. Free
1: tip for our listeners as well. Yes, do, exactly. do weekly one-on-ones with every team member.
2: Literally. And just it's around if we're not doing that, we're not giving them airtime. Yeah. They're not seen, heard, or understood. They're just a cog in the in the, in the the machine, right? Yep. So we need, we need to give them that airspace so, or airtime rather so that mm. they can tell us what's going on for them and we can talk about, you know, their development and how mm. we improve things. Yeah, it's mm. it has to happen.
0: And this is going to make me sound really old and I'm going with it anyway because I think it's important because a lot of our listeners might have had the same sort of mm, learning when they were younger, probably not mm. as old as I am. Curiosity kills the cat, right? <sighs> That's the statement that we all grew up with. I can remember mum and dad saying that I would be called a sticky beak and I would be told that curiosity would kill the cat and that'll be me if I'm not careful. (laughs) And yet I think it is the most important part of being or one of the most important parts of being a leader in any role, whether that is within your family as a parent, whether it's within your friendship group in being a great yes. friend who's able to listen That's and contribute, right. yes. whether it be within your organisation or your team, um, in all areas, I think curiosity is really important. How do we go about having people understand what natural curiosity looks like instead of it just being sort of chest-poking questions to get to an answer that they won't get that way, of course?
2: Yeah, I mean, the easiest way to frame it up is, is literally, and it sounds... Crazy. I'm curious. Statement. Mm. Mm. What's what happened last Friday? Literally verbalizing that you're curious, asking the question, an open-ended question. Yes, and let them speak. Mm. Super (laughs) valuable.
1: Novel concept.
2: It is. It is. And so many people don't. And and I Nick, I've never actually thought of it that way. That's really. I'm curious about that concept now because I I grew up with curiosity killed the cat and mm-hmm. I did not develop my curiosity until much later mm-hmm. because and you know we're told to you know stop asking so many questions and and yeah get back in your box kind of thing but yeah. yes ask all of the questions yes and be curious and uh, do what you can to understand the people around you absolutely and and that's the first thing. Again, in leadership development, as I talk about, we need to develop that curiosity
0: muscle. Mm. And we need to teach it and encourage it for those under us so that Absolutely. they have the opportunity to grow and learn because you can't grow and learn if you're not able to ask questions about a task that you're performing or why we're that's performing it, it or why does it need to be done that way. Lots of the people that we talk to take that as um, almost an insult. Why would you ask me? I'm telling you to do it that way. Rather than understanding that specifically, actually, every person thinks differently than the one next to them. And when Absolutely. we go back to that generational conversation, they think very differently to the way that's we- right. And there's if we're playing above the line and we're open to the possibilities, there is an opportunity for us to learn through their curiosity and find another way to do something that might actually turn into a cost saving for the business or um, something to be done more safely than it's been done before or not doing a task at all because it's actually not necessary anymore. There's another way to do it. So I I feel like um, not only developing that curiosity curiosity muscle for yourself as a leader i think then it's learning how to encourage others to be the same and that probably really just starts with a little bit of patience
2: absolutely a little bit of patience and just encouraging people like what do you think
1: Mm. yeah yeah what do you think i used to really struggle with this um and i don't know if it's a male thing or if it was my dad's mentoring Um, and I see this show up a lot in business owners, but particularly in tradies, uh, a lot of our value is placed in what we know. And so to ask questions and be curious implies that I don't know the stuff and I don't know everything. Mm. And that, that was a big shift for me when I, when I started coaching and I changed my entire career path because great coaches ask great questions. That's uh, it. And great, great mentors ask great questions to challenge people to think for themselves. That's uh, it. Consultants have all the answers, and there's a place for that. But as leaders, and I think as business owners, if you're listening to this, it's it's actually more powerful to ask great questions because you need to know <laughs> um, what questions to ask, and I think that's a higher level of knowledge and way more valuable than feeling like we've got to have all the answers to how everything should be done and I've designed all the systems and everybody just do what I say. Um, That's it. Instead of actually involving the people in, okay, how do you all think we should do this? Hmm. But having the bigger picture in mind, you talked earlier, Amanda, about that sort of zoom out strategic view and that's what I have found some of the leaders that I've worked with over the years, they're able to hold that view and then dive into the detail with people from a questioning point of view Yes, and have that like almost childlike curiosity that's it talking about it's like oh wow so how did we come up with that way of doing things here at my own company (laughs) tell me more about that (laughs) tell
2: me more that's it exactly
0: it's gold it's it's amazing absolutely
1: another vulnerability
0: i think and i think Mm. i wish if i could have a wish and as a parent you do this often and when i was a a younger parent i used to think if i could give my kids anything it would be self-esteem what i would really like to give my kids Um, is the opportunity to be curious and to be vulnerable because in Mm -hmm. vulnerability everything shifts and changes and we have the opportunity to be curious and be open and learn rather than getting stuck in the knowing and the I-know-itis that we see far too often that um, pigeonholes you, like you were talking about earlier, uh, rather than leading you into that leadership space where you are able to influence. Mm.
2: That's it, exactly. Yeah, curiosity is is even just, you know, leadership and as an entrepreneur, we've got to solve problems all mm. the time and they just keep coming. So we've got to be curious from that perspective as well. So powerful.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are afraid of that because, mm. um, you know, it's giving up control. It's such a complex issue. Mm. Uh, but as a business owner, and I've seen this with clients over the years, Literally leave coaching and you know leave mm. um, the relationship with uh, their coach mm-hmm. because they feel like they're inferior by you know having someone else provide them with guidance or advice. Interesting. And interesting. And I wonder if sometimes um, employers, business owners, leaders, they bump into this with their team members as well who are mm. closed to feedback and questioning because. Mm. Even as a team member, you know we we probably feel like, well, if I don't have the answers, I don't mm. have a job. Um, so to exactly. ask questions is like, what? Don't you know how to do your job, mate? So yeah. I think it's it's you know, like all of these things, it's a it's a two way street in a relationship. And, That's and for it. those listening who want to get better at the leadership piece and build better culture, I think not only do we have to ask the questions, but we've got to make it okay for people not to know the 100%. answers. Mm. Yes,
2: yeah. So that's about creating that safe space to ask mm. the questions because if we don't, like you say, just, oh, oh, if I ask for clarification, they're going to think I don't know how to do my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's about cr- creating those feedback loops and, and how we can assist with that is something I found really effective and you, you might already be talking about this, but when when we give someone a task, asking them to repeat it back in their own words to us. Nice. Looking for those gaps and then uh, having that qualify or clarification conversation. Mm. So super powerful, and it just it saves us so much time as well because we <laughs> checked all that out from the beginning. So yeah, and that and that little things like that is what it creates that environment that you're talking about. Was mm. so that we're creating that environment where we can ask questions and we can support each other through through curiosity as well.
1: Yeah, got mm-hmm. it. Makes Love sense. It. All right, Amanda. So picture this. You have, now Now you didn't quite have this many in the room at conference, but uh, it was, it was not far off until we hit this number. Um, you have a 1,000 tradies in a room, or I should say mm-hmm. trade business owners to be uh, yeah. correct. 1,000 um, trade business owners in a room. What's one piece of advice you would like to leave them with?
2: Oh, my goodness. I think... <laughs> I know I'm going to talk about curiosity again, but that, that's the number one thing I always try, at, like anyone that I encounter, be curious. Mm. When we're curious, we're more likely to solve problems. We're more likely to create amazing relationships with the humans around us. And we're more likely to, it, it, I know I'm linking these things, but we solve problems for our clients. Mm. We solve problems for ourselves. We solve problems for our team members. It's it, It's gold. It's, mm. Yeah,
0: that one. Love that. It doesn't kill the cat after all.
2: It doesn't. It really doesn't. In fact, the cat lives longer because we took it to the vet to get treated for yeah that yeah, thing yeah. we were curious yeah. about. So it's it's gold. Nine yeah, you, lives instead of seven.
1: And if you don't go around eating rat sack when you're not supposed to, you'd be fine.
2: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Right. yeah.
1: Sorry, that's how my brain works. I'm very curious as to how it works and nobody should understand that. So Amanda, thanks for your time today. <laughs> thanks
2: for having me, um, Pleasure. Been some
1: fantastic tips in there. If our listeners want to go and find out more about you or stalk you online, what's the best way to do that?
2: Uh, the best place to stalk me is LinkedIn. Uh, you'll also find oh, nice. me at amandarezazza.com. So Amanda, R-O-S-A-Z-A dot com. And yeah, but LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time. I hang out there. Cool.
1: Yeah. Cool. Nice to hear a, a LinkedIn person. Normally it it's uh, Instagram. So yeah. yay for LinkedIn.
2: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm I am on Instagram. Please go and stalk me there as well. I just I we post three or four times a day on LinkedIn, and that's where I do my videos. Oh. I am I am going to do, start doing
0: more on Instagram in 2023. Yeah. Mm, there you go. All, we all have those idolations. We yes. may get there in 2023 ourselves. After- <laughs> Is of saying we're going to do the
1: reels oh my gosh yeah
0: so well this this is the funny part team so I do the
2: reel like on Instagram to post to LinkedIn yeah <laughs> and I just post it on Instagram as well so yeah that's madness
1: like a <laughs> awesome well thanks again for your time Amanda great to speak with you
2: thanks thanks man. for having me team pleasure you've been listening to the tradies and business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business, and other cool stuff at tradeiesandbusiness.com.au.